You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you have been enjoying the time since the Dallas Cowboys last played. The Cowboys, of course, on by last week. Still 5-1, and one, still in first place in the NFC. Still one of the very best teams in the National Football League. I think said first place in the NFC. I meant first place in the NFC East. I don't know what I'm saying. That's why I have gathered the best and brightest minds all around the world to talk America's team with me. It is time for our roundtable discussion, live roundtable discussion here on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. You can watch us live, participate in the comment section. We will podcast this conversation for you as well. Obviously, you can rewatch it. You know, Blog and the Boys YouTube channel, Blog and the Boys podcast network. You can hear and see all of their wonderful faces all the time. Tom Ryle joining us here on the live show show we've got tony catalina aka tc and we have dan rogers aka danny phantom you can hear dan and tony every morning on dallas cowboys roundup our morning update show on the block of the voice podcast network you can hear tom ryle every thursday on riled up with roy white and you can read all of them at blogontheboys.com as they educate you on how to root for what to enjoy when it comes to your dallas cowboys uh let's see here we've got i believe blue 365 says let's do this majestic detail asks if it is still victory polo monday it will be uh for most of this week when the houston astros win the world series and I bleed blue 365 ads. Y'all are awesome. Let's do this. Dan, I start with you. I mentioned before we started the stream that I was going to ask you what you were having for dinner. Do you have an answer prepared? Um, I'm having enchiladas. Okay, that's good. I support that. Tony said he was going to maybe have some tacos. So we got a nice little, you know, Mexican cuisine happening here on the stream. Tom, you said you had Taco Bueno. So that's a three for four situation. I'm having brats, you know, in hot dog buns. So I had to deviate from... You know what was happening here, but you know the game's on, so gotta you know, got gotta be something quick. You know, gotta kind of you know keep my hands free. Uh, Tom, how is your Tuesday evening going? It's going well. I mean, it it's a really it's been a really good bye week. You know, it's nice when you can sit idle and gain half a game on your division. Uh, Most of the division, to be fair. Yeah, well, but there's they're still up uh, three and a half on everybody because they're all tied for last place in the division now at two and five. And, uh, you know, it was a crappy week to watch football because there were a lot of clunkers out there and really strange games. But Thursday night should be interesting because somebody that the Dallas is in, in the running with for the top seed is going to go down. We will get into that and certainly line up who we are rooting for. Maybe we'll argue. Maybe we'll disagree. Maybe we'll all be simpatico on the situation. Who knows? Uh, Tony, the reason I said it was almost a clean sweep for the Cowboys in Week 7 was because the New York Giants won. The whole world took their shots at the NFC East over the offseason, and the Dallas Cowboys clearly proving to be an exception to that norm. But the Carolina Panthers are one Washington football team lost away from being swept by the NFC East. Uh, it is tough times to be a Panthers fan. Man, I think I think we figured them out. Once we beat them, it kind of just like it all unraveled for the Carolina Panthers team. And I felt really good about that win, how we came out in the third quarter. And, and they looked like a totally different team after that game. Yeah, um, it's weird how, you know, I think we would all agree, like the Chargers win for the Cowboys looks better and better just about every single week. But that Panthers win, you know losing a little bit of shine. Um, so it is what it is. We do have several things to get into. We certainly would appreciate those of you that are watching along authority over teams post by again, the Cowboys visit the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday night football this week. So another opportunity to watch all of the red zone action on Sunday afternoon. After that, Tom, they will host the Denver Broncos and Atlanta Falcons at back-to-back home games before they head on out to Arrowhead to play a very surprisingly terrible Kansas City Chiefs team before returning for their Thanksgiving Day game against the Las Vegas Raiders to round out the month of December. Are you worried about the Cowboys having trouble pushing any of these teams around? The Vikings is the only one. Make sure I'm on there. The Vikings is the <laughs> only one that might concern me uh, at this point because I'm not really sure 
it's Kirk Cousins and we've so wait, Tom, to I, I'm, I'm going to interrupt because so you're saying of the next stretch of games through through the month of November, which includes mm-hmm. the Chiefs and the Raiders, you're most concerned about the Vikings. Well, the Raiders would be the 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 one at the end that would I think everything is pointing to. Uh, I'm not concerned about the Chiefs right now because they seem to be in a bit of a meltdown going on. They've they've got just a horrible defense right now, and I think Mahomes is trying too hard. Mm. So uh, it, but it the Vikings game is also important because they're coming out of their uh, you know their their bye, and we want to see if they hit the ground running. The Cowboys have had some struggles in the past coming out of the bye. But the good thing is that this year, things that used to happen in the past aren't necessarily happening the way they used to. This really seems like a different Dallas Cowboys team. Dan, our friend Brandon Gowton from Bleeding Green Nation loves to make a big deal about the Cowboys playing on Thanksgiving every year. He believes that this is an advantage, that the Cowboys never have to travel for a short week Thursday game because they always get to play at home, obviously, on Thanksgiving. Uh, But Tom said it. The Cowboys are playing the Minnesota Vikings coming off of their bye. So both teams in this game coming off their bye. In fact, Last year, when the Cowboys visited the Minnesota Vikings, both teams were coming off of their bye. In 2018, when the Cowboys hosted the Tennessee Titans, their first game with Amari Cooper, both teams were coming off of their bye. So three of the last four years, the Cowboys have not had any sort of advantage that, you know, this isn't necessarily the case for all 32 teams, Dan. But, you know, the Cowboys have kind of been, you know, drawn a short straw here when it comes to advantage after the bye. Your thoughts? Um, I mean... I don't think that there's, I mean, I think it all evens out. Mm. Um, I I mean, most teams are playing on Thursday night. Uh, so everyone has that Thursday night, short week, long, long week. Right. To deal right. With. The Cowboys do have the back-to-backs, which it's still, there's no difference there because you're still a week apart between those two Thursdays. So I don't know. I mean, on any given year, there's a, there, you know, they may have an advantage here, but um, I, I think in the long run, all that evens out. Dan, by the way, you look like you are doing this show from Rob Stark's uh, bedroom quarters uh, within, um, you know, the castle there uh, in Winterfell. Uh, Tony, uh, Donnie says on our live stream that he expects a slow start to the game against the Vikings, but they're also without Patrick Peterson, who is on injured reserve. But once the second quarter starts, things will pick up. Uh, If the Cowboys were to be slow, maybe we maybe we get like back to back punts. Uh, Twitter will be on fire. Needless to say, Tony. Without a doubt. And um, but it, like you said, it kind of set up your what you said there is it, it's interesting to see how they come out. Right. I mean, this offense is the is the key and kind of like how this the engine of this team and, and can they get out there and kind of be seamless? Uh, you know, it's a week. I feel like a lot of guys are happy about being able to do different things and recharge a little bit. And looks like there's some guys coming back. So how they do come out will be interesting to see. But ultimately, I think they'll get back in rhythm, whether that be a series or two, like you mentioned, and maybe the surprises come out like a gangbuster in the first series. So nobody has really answered Tom's question, which again, Tom, I think shows how much it flopped um, as a subject for all of us here to discuss. Um, Dan, you didn't really, you weren't asked the question in your defense. Right. Kid. So, so um, will the, will the Cowboys have the same level of authority? Cause we talked about Tony. I asked, it's really my fault, Tom, if I'm being honest, you know, my, my, my poor job as a moderator, I'm like one of those when they have the political debates and like the person who's letting it like run away from them. People are like tweeting, like for the person to, you know, reel it in. That's on, that's on me. I'll be better. Uh, but Dan, do you think the Cowboys would be asleep at the wheel? You know, do you think that maybe they're a different team now? They lost momentum. You know, do you buy any of that? No, I think they are a different team. Um, I'm not worried about it. Actually, this is, it's really weird. This is one of the few seasons that this team is like really come out and put it together every game. I mean, sure. There are times where like they don't get in the end zone or they give up a 75 yard play. And, but I mean, if you look at it each game, there's, you don't ever feel like they're, you know, asleep at the wheel. So I, I think they're going to come out fired up. You know, they're ready to play. Um, I'm excited about it. I don't think I'm not worried at all. I think you're going to see the same level of, of very great question, Tom. And absolutely <laughs> the Cowboys are going to, um, you know, keep, keep it going. Um, Tom, Derek J's video says it will be the same story, just a different week. Cowboys will dominate. You're dominating according to Dan. Um, I mean, like, and this was actually how you phrased the question in our chat, Tom. Like, are are we are we maybe two in? 
You know, like, are, are we, you know, are we just enjoying it too much? You know, th- like, kind of like Game of Thrones. Like, are we on season four? Like, this is the greatest show of all time. We're, we're, we're willing. We're ready to say it now. Nothing could possibly derail this. And then, lo and behold, you know, the final season, you know, destroys everything. Um, I mean, is, is that a possibility? Like, could they come out and, you know, maybe it's not the Vikings. Like, maybe, maybe they lose to the Broncos. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, anything is possible. I mean, we're mm-hmm. talking about a world where, you know, that we talk Chiefs. The Tennessee Titans lose to the New York Jets, then in back-to-back weeks beat the Bills and the Chiefs. So, like, anything can happen. But are we in over our skis a little bit, Tom? Well, I actually feel a little bit better than, about that after what the New England Patriots did to the Jets. Yeah, it's the Jets. But, my gosh, they went off. Uh, the Patriots went off on them. So I'm thinking maybe we caught the Patriots at the beginning of the resurgence and mm. beat them back. And, you know, we still got a lot of football to play. But the Cowboys have been, you know, they 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 stood up against a couple of really good teams to start the season, uh, pretty much controlled the next three games against some lesser teams. And then against Bill Belichick and what's still kind of an unknown quantity up in New England, they came out and pulled out an exciting win against some pretty bizarre circumstances that happened in the game and some very strange things that went on that made it harder to win for them than I think it should have been. So now they're coming out. uh, They've got the, the, the Vikings. And then it looks like a couple of games that should be pretty easy for them again. So are they going to show up and play well against the better teams and roll over the lesser teams? Uh, I kind of think they will. I've always got a little bit of that imposter syndrome going Mm. on in my head uh, that I deal with whenever I sit down and try to write something at blogging the boys. It's like, what are people going to figure out that I'm just some guy pounding away on his keyboard at random, but you know, it's, it's, this does not seem like an imposter of a team. I think they are prepared well. Uh, You know, I don't want to reopen that whole can of worms, but Mike McCarthy and his staff seems to be do a good job of preparing them every week. And I think they're going to come out. They're going to be prepared. We're not going to be thinking about Dak's calf after the first series. And it's just going to, I think, we're going to see, hopefully, them continue to build a resume uh, that will carry them far into the postseason. You know, we've danced around it kind of like when when you write articles, Tom, there's no pounding. It's like a like a symphony, like a ballet. I mean, it's smooth, you know, movement like jazz. Uh, But you mentioned Dax calf. The man's comes in, wants to ruin the mood. Man's. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Says, are any of you guys concerned about Dak even a little? This is a very fair question, Tony. I mean, I see tweets from Stephen Jones saying they're optimistic he'll play in week eight. And that's the general consensus. Anytime Stephen or Jerry have done their radio appearances on 105.3 The Fan, it has been all sun. No, I wouldn't say all sunshine and rainbows. They have. There's been moderate optimism, rather cautious optimism. So, Tony, I'll ask you first, on a scale of one to ten, how worried are you about the Dak Prescott calf situation? If I had to put it in a number, I would say... I would say four. Only That's panic, er- dude. Wow. Oh, my gosh. You didn't tell <laughs> us this. I'm, I'm freaking out, right? I'm freaking out. But, you know, ultimately, as it sits on Tuesday and they haven't really had their first practice of the week yet, which will be tomorrow. And, um, yeah, I mean, if, if he comes out there and, he, and, he's, and he's even limited on Wednesday, I'll feel a lot better about it. Like I said, I mean, nothing is giving us an indication that he's not going to be able to do this, right? But I just live in the realm of the – holding my breath because we've seen what it looks like without him. In fairness, we did beat this Minnesota Vikings team without him last year, but um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a little worried, but like only because there's so much unknown at the moment and, and Steven and Jerry can be positive and say all these things on the radio, but at the end of the day, like we'll see Wednesday and we'll see how the week progresses. So there is some worry for me. So Tony, you're at a four. Donnie says I would go two, and that's pushing it. Dan, I'm starting to get the sense from this season, like this season is showing its face test and saying, you guys, you want this, this pretty ride. You know, you want, you want this, you got this brand new car. You don't want any mud, you know, you, you don't want any dings. Guess what? It's a bumpy ride. We're, we're going to have to stop for gas. You're going to spill some of the soda inside on the drive. Like you're, you're, you're going to have some wear and tear here, but you know, you're going to get where you want to go. Is that the vibe that, that you're getting, Dan? Or am I being overly optimistic? What's, what's your one to 10 number here? I mean, how do you feel? 
Um, my number is also four. And oh, um, you guys are just freaking me out now. Yeah. So here's the thing with so I'm a little concerned. Um, I mean everything we're hearing is all positive and fully expect them to 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 start the game, but um. You know, Zach Martin said something very interesting. I, I remember when he's talking about dealing with his calf injury. He's like, you know, you, you think you're feeling good, and then all of a sudden you got a 300-pound lineman pushing back on you. And so, I mean, you know, all it's going to take is Dak kind of rolling out to his right and just, you know, throwing off that back foot and then, you know, maybe feel something. So, so we really don't know. And and I think that the bigger part of the concern is I'm, I'm just scared of anything that does not involve Dak Prescott. I mean, because – I don't have any faith in the Cowboys backup plan. And so as far as if you're talking about a bumpy road, I mean, that will be the bumpiest of roads if is to play without, without four. You know, that really is an amazing point, Dan. And I think we would all agree. Like when the ball is in Dak's hands, I feel like I don't want to speak for any of you, but I feel like we all feel confident. We all feel like they've got a shot, right? Like Dak, Dak's in control, positive things can and will happen. But anytime Something is involved that has nothing to do with that. It's it's holding your breath because no, nobody has achieved that same level of trust. So in that sense, Tom, does that elevate where you're at one to ten? Or are you a copycat? Are you at a four with these guys here? I mean, like, how are you feeling? I, I'm I'm a two. I, Let's I, go, Tom. Let's go. I, you know, and a couple things today kind of made me think that one that you know the the renowned team physician dr jerry jones said that he was far more concerned <laughs> about the shoulder than he was about the calf now so you know that to me is a, a good a, a good sign yeah, he he jerry rattles on and on but he does kind of let us in on kind of what's floating around inside uh the building i i don't feel like the cowboys have been as bad about gaslighting the injuries and the recovery how well people are recovering this year as we've seen them many times in the past and then i just saw dak looking very happy in that picture of the uh costumes he and his girlfriend apparently are wearing for halloween on twitter uh where he's the lion tamer and she was the very cute lion in the high heel boots and so I just, I don't see, he does not look at all concerned. You know, uh, I think he's going to be out there. He's going to be good to go. I think they will continue to protect him, make sure that they've got a lot of, uh, you know, quick reads for him. So if he needs to get rid of the ball in a hurry, he will. And, you know, it, it's if he can get the protection he's been getting from the offensive line and he's got the receivers and, you know, this could be the return of Michael Gallup, I think things are going to be, going to be all right and uh you know i the only reason you have to be concerned is that every time your star quarterback takes the field you have to worry a little bit because something can happen in an instant we know that all too well and teams are seeing that all over the league um that's a great point tom you know and if if you're you know to be frank, we're all scared because we are we have a lot of scar tissue from last year, right? Like we we know how how precious this is, so to speak. Um, I remember the night. This has nothing to do with injuries, but the night that Andrew Luck retired. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a great. If you're a member of Cowboys Twitter, you likely follow Cassidy McGuire. She had a great tweet that said, "Hug your franchise quarterbacks tight tonight because it, it can just it can go." You know what I mean? We we've, we've all you know we learned that lesson with Tony Romo. And it's a painful lesson to learn. Um, but I mean, like here we sit, this is, you know, year six for death. You know what I mean? Like it just flies by in the blink of an eye. I mean, like something I, I like to look at time in a weird lens. Sometimes we are the same amount of time removed from Dak Prescott's drafting as we were at the time of Dak Prescott's drafting from Tyron Smith's drafting. So, you know, that's just a crazy way to kind of like put it in perspective. I, I think, you know, it, it can go that quickly five more years, you know, obviously the Cowboys are going to win five Super Bowls, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, DJ dog 31 says a confident Dak can tame any lion or Viking for that matter. LOL. Great uh, pun with obviously what, who the Cowboys are playing. There was another great tweet I saw today from friend of the show, Mina Kimes talking, obviously Mina's a Seahawks fan about last night, about Monday night football and how the Seahawks, Tony were so kind of scared to, to let Geno Smith throw the ball. And her point was, look, if, if you're scared to let your backup quarterback throw the ball, why is that your backup quarterback? You know, if, if, if that's going to be the guy who you're so willing to turn the offense over to when you have to in a moment's notice, why, why would you be limited? It should theoretically be somebody who you have that high level of faith in. So given that the trade deadline is next week, Tony, we'll see what happens obviously on Sunday. But this has served as a bit of a reminder that, you know, nobody is, 
you know, impervious to injuries in the NFL. Should the Cowboys address the quarterback two situation either before the trade deadline, after the trade deadline, during the trade deadline? Because I don't think any of us have any semblance of confidence in Cooper Rush. The confidence, you're right, you're right, is not there, right? And but you kind of, you, I mean, just the point blank period, right? The confidence isn't there in the QB two. Um, but like, what what are you gonna get, right? I mean, you're what do you expect? What is out there? And really, you're pulling a, a rabbit out of your hat. Like, what what's gonna happen? I mean, you think I think most teams in this league, without really doing a too deep a dive, is in some trouble if their quarterback goes down. Um, like you said with the Seahawks, if 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 you can't just let him go out there and rip it a little bit, then why is he a backup quarterback? And I think every team has some type of, you know, rail the offense in a little bit when you're playing with a backup quarterback, but you got to give your chance a, te- a team a chance to win the game. And at the end of the day, if 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 they're loading the box and saying we dare you to throw a forward pass, like that's just not a good situation to be in. And um, should the Cowboys address it? If, if, if an opportunity presents itself, then I suppose. But, I mean, like I said, what's out there? I mean, what can they do? They're going to have to get creative or just get Cooper Rush ready to go. That's really the two options. Dan, I think the the time to – this is an issue. There's there's no denying that, right? There's If you power-ranked, you know, QB2s in the NFL, Cooper Rush might be in the bottom 10. Um, I, there's an archetype of QB2 that I, I like, and I'm, I'm not like some visionary here. I think this is a really popular opinion. And I think the Cowboys went down that path last year. It's the somewhat still young guy who has some starting experience under his belt that – in a moment's notice can come in and if you have to go, you know, a three game stretch or something can can keep the ship afloat. I, I think that, you know, Andy Dalton could have done that. And I don't think he was ever built to be, a, you know, the guy for half a season, which is ultimately one that what wound up happening, obviously. But as an example, I loved the Buffalo Bills signing Mitchell Trubisky this past offseason. That's the guy. If, you know, if Josh Allen goes down, the Bills are obviously likely doomed. But at least you got a guy who's been there, who's done that. Cooper Rush never has. And I, I think that, you know, the Cowboys have made this bed. They made it in the offseason specifically. Is that how you feel, Dan? Because you were nodding when Tony was saying what's out there. And, and the reason is because we're asking the question in late October. Right. And there's nothing out there is the answer. I mean, I was looking through uh, backup quarterbacks, especially teams that could be looking to sell um, and maybe give their young quarterbacks. You know, I mean, obviously, they're going to be getting the stats. It would have been uh, nice, sorry, Dan, to trade for Gardner Minshew at the beginning. Like, if you were going to – that was the last second move to make, Yeah, I think, before the season began. Yeah, so so now where are they? I mean, I don't really know what um, – I, I mean, to answer your question, I would say, I would like to say, yeah, they should because I'm certainly not happy with with Cooper Rush if, if that is their QB2. I don't even know what what uh, Will Greer is – the plans are for him. For him. I mean – um, but I'm certainly scared of, of playing in any extended amount of time with Cooper Rush. But yeah, I don't even I don't know what else. There's just not good choices out there. Um, uh, I don't know. So I, to me, I feel like the Cowboys are stuck. This is it. And, and just hope for the best kind of thing, because uh, I really don't think there's great options out there. Yeah, it does. It does feel again they they made this decision in March, you know, and you could have had. Colt McCoy, you know, like that's that's the archetype to go for. It's I don't want I don't want to like disparage the Cowboys, but it's a little bit lazy, certainly a little bit arrogant to just kind of you know. C- Cooper Rush has been their backup quarterback for most of Cooper Rush's career at this point in time. Cooper Rush, an undrafted free agent in 2017, no NFL experience. I mean, Tom, we now live in a day and age where Mike White has more career <laughs> passing touchdowns than Cooper Rush or Derrick um, Henry. Yeah, or Derrick Henry or Cedric Wilson. By the way, Donnie King uh, says QB2 is on the roster and his name is Cedric Wilson. I mean, Tom, is is it – I mean, I think we all agree. This is a, a problem or a situation that in a perfect world would be addressed, but the, the resources simply are not there. There's, you know, anything you would be doing at this point would be a lateral move at best. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, I, I – I don't want to go all Marshawn Lentz here, so I'll be very careful in my phrasing. But, you know, if, if you lose your starting quarterback, you're pretty much screwed. And that there's just um, – Unless it's for that tiny duration, right? Like, yeah. if, if, you, if he's gone for the whole season, like last year in the Cowboys, you're done. But if – like, um, we saw the Chiefs with that in 2019 mm-hmm. when they won the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes has to miss, you know, a small section of games. That's the only way you can, you can survive, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think the Cowboys is just – betting on the fact that 
it's not going to be a long loss. This, right now, getting into the playoffs looks like a certainty for the Cowboys. So they don't have to worry about risking that if Dak Prescott has to miss a couple games. And I think they're betting on Kellen Moore figuring out how to make something work and at least giving them a shot if they have to go with Cooper Rush there at the at quarterback. Um, and, you know, who knows? He may be able to figure out a way, especially if they happen to catch one of the teams that's really on a down year, uh, you know, where they can they can still run the ball even without much of a threat of a passing game. And then maybe the run will open up so they can get a few short passes in for Cooper, get a little confidence built. I don't, you know, it's there are no good answers, as we've kind of alluded to at this point. Uh, there aren't any options out there. Uh, they weren't willing to invest a whole lot in the offseason to fix it. So now they're just going to have to ride with what they got, I think. I don't see any immediate answers. Uh, I don't know who'd be willing. I mean, if somebody's got a decent backup quarterback to trade, why in the world would they trade him? Yeah, I agree with that. Tony, you live in the New England area, um, so you can certainly speak to this. Uh, Kevin mentions here, I think you could get Cam for league minimum, and now he's vaccinated. That was a, a subject of, you know, uh, certainly discussion um, prior to that news becoming public a couple of weeks ago. I just, I mean, I don't think Cam Newton's it. I mean, Cam Newton was not very good last year. I mean, and and got beat out by Mac Jones. I mean, and we are, we're, we're starting to see why, as you mentioned, Tom, New England's kind of finding their footing a little bit with him. Um, I mean, I, I'm in no universe am I trying to profess that Cooper Rush is a is a better option than Cam Newton, Tony. But, I mean, I think it's Cam isn't just, you know, it's you, right now, Cam or anyone otherwise, it's not, it's just not worth it to make a move. That's what it would be right now at this point. I mean, with not even you, like you said, it's Cam Newton or anybody else. There, there really isn't a move that you're like, okay, that might be worth bringing that in, or that might be worth whatever it comes with that. And you know, and you take that into fact, right? I mean, take that into um, your thought process. Cam Newton, the personality, is he going to be? I mean, how is he as a QB two? He's he'd be clearly entrenched as the QB two, and you know, do you really want a guy with such personality that would you know short hop a wide receiver by ten yards? Um, but Outside of that, any QB2 you're looking at, you've got to put it – I mean, maybe they might be slightly better than Cooper Rush, but how fast do you have to get them up to speed right. for, you know, the, in, inside the playbook? And is Cooper Rush just that much more mentally advanced and what Kellen Moore is looking to do offensively? And then you kind of just look at, like, how long does it take them? I mean, are we even confident Will Greer could, Greer could get it done at this point? So it's just like – I, the Eagles made the move that I would have made. You know, Gardner, yep. Gardner Minshew is exactly what I was looking for. You stole my thunder with it a couple minutes ago. But outside of that, you just roll with what you got. Um, I will say just getting ahead of this, if we're to assume he's made available in free agency, the backup quarterback I want for the future for the Cowboys is Teddy Bridgewater. But, you know, we'll cross that bridge, no pun intended, um, whenever we um, we get to it in 2022, after the Cowboys have had their Super Bowl parade and whatnot and, and all that fun stuff. Dan, uh, this subject has made its way through Twitter. It's made its way through the comment section at blogontheboys.com. Cowboys read it all the fantastic, wonderful places where the Cowboys are discussed. Um, Lyle Collins is going to be returning to the Cowboys. Well, we'll, we'll technically see but will at least be returning to practice on Wednesday after serving his five-game suspension. Um, he has played one game for the Dallas Cowboys since the end of the 2019 season. Terrence Steele has played very well, which Dan has inspired a debate. At right tackle, Lyle Collins or Terrence Steele, who are you choosing and why? So I'm going to go a different direction here. Um, first off, I would Connor Williams. disclaimer. Connor, no, not that far. Um I'm going to say, like, if I had to choose right now, I'm, I'm taking LC. But having said that, I want to talk about the possibility of it being Terrence Still. Um, so, you know, for I mean, Lyle Collins is a great tackle. I mean, 2019, he, he played extremely well. And if we have that player, this is not even a conversation. Um, but, you know, there, a lot's happened since 2019. You know, he's with a hip injury and conditioning and, and also, Steele has started to rise up. And, you know, he's getting better and, and playing well. I think the thing that worries me is that McCarthy is, is a little bit like he seems unsure of himself. And the fact that this is something that we're talking about makes me think that there are some questions that the coaching staff themselves have with, you know, I know they're saying right now it's, it's, it's a conditioning thing. We just want to kind of see, see how he does. But I don't know. I just feel it, it's still LC for me, but I, I feel like they're a little closer 
than the average Cowboy fan would suggest. So that's where I am with that. It's still Collins for me, but still is right there waiting. Tom, do you think it's really a competition in, in the minds of the Cowboys? Or like you you joked about uh, Jerry Jones and his, you know, diagnosing abilities and how he's been, you know, in that realm in the public for the last, I mean, 30 years. Uh, but McCarthy is a little bit more like, shut up and don't tell anybody what I'm thinking. You know what I mean? And so some coaches do put stock into the idea of like their public comments, throwing their opponents off. You, you know, I want to make them prepare for anything. Um, so do you think this is that, do you think that they have a, a hard decision? Do you think they've already made the decision? Like what, what's your take? I, I think the only decision is, is Collins ready to go. Uh, is there a conditioning issue? Does he need another week before they're ready to put him out there on the field when he's up to football fitness levels, then yes, you go with Lyle Collins, uh, and then make him prove that they need to switch back. Uh, I'm thrilled at the thought of Terrence still developing into what looks like a really good swing tackle for the Cowboys. And, you know, that means that they're not going to have to worry about it, I think, next year. But I'm going, I just think that Collins gives you more, that he is more of a, an impact uh, player who can go out there and dominate uh, defensive ends uh, and can also give you a lot in the running game. And so I want the best guys out there. And I think right now that uh, barring any evidence that we're not privy to, Collins is your best option to put out there. Tony, I want to give you the harder part of this question because Dan and Tom are cool. Um, so I wanted to make this difficult for you. You're, you're cool too, Tony. Uh, but <laughs> um, DJ Dog 31 brings up a great point. And I think we all, I think you're going to speak for all of us. Uh, BJ Dog says, Collins has been in the facility for weeks now. He has been allowed to be in the facility for weeks. He better be in shape by now. Lyle Collins, Dan mentioned it. After the 2019 season, everybody was talking. Cowboys got way ahead on this. They were so smart. Gave him the deal. They look like geniuses. After missing basically all, or not basically, after missing all of last season, Lyle Collins lost a lot of favor with Cowboys fans. And, I do think that the combination of factors, everything that's led to this point with Lyle specifically and the seemingly emergence of Terrence Steele, albeit a smaller sample size, um, has led people to say, you know what, if the Cowboys want to walk away in 2022, fine. You know, I don't, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Be best of luck to you, Lyle. The Cowboys have have given you two contracts after you, you went undrafted, and obviously we all know that story. I mean, do, do you think that Lyle has to kind of earn back some – yeah, I don't want to say favor or love or admiration or, I mean, or currency. I mean, like, it, it does to some degree feel like he's playing for his future job with the Cowboys, at least. It's crazy what a month has done, right? I mean, I remember sitting on this exact show, you know, in the preseason or not even the preseason, about a month or so. Tom ago was the and... one who panicked. I never panicked, to be fair. <laughs> I, I'm sitting on this very show saying Zach Martin needs to be a team player and kick out the right tackle because we don't know what we got in Terrence Steele. Now we're saying for sure we got the swing tackle of the future. Should he be taking Lowell Collins' job? You know, it, it's it's just funny what a month can do. And, and, and that's a testament to what Terrence Steele has been able to do with this opportunity. All that being said, the talent gap is it's there. Right. I think I think everyone agree that oh Collins is the more talented player. I think if he's up to what we think he can be, he is an upgrade at the position, which is awesome in an offense that has been clicking without Michael Gallup and without their starting right tackle. Terrence Steele, to me in my eyes, puts Ty Secchi more of a bind than anything else. Right. I think um Leo Collins is your starting right tackle. That's the the, the short answer, right? And Yes, he, he does have to earn it because like he's been off the field more than he's been on it. So there is some, you know, there's some apprehension there. But at the same time, the talent trumps and this kid can play. And if he looks like what he can be or what he has looked like, then they've, they've upgraded a position that really wasn't that much of a downgrade as the season. I mean, I, I, Terrence Steele has been playing solid. I think Laurel Collins is, can be in that upper echelon of right tackles. There's a difference there, right? Yeah, um, it's it's amazing to your point, Tony, how much things change. Uh, I want just a name answer from each of you. Dan, the starting right tackle for the Dallas Cowboys week one, 2022, is who? Lyle Collins. 
Tom. Lyle. Tony. Lyle. Y'all are so boring. Like nobody wants to make any waves. Nobody wants to do anything fun. You know, but hey, you know, Cowboys have seemingly gotten an incredible future lifeline at the very least in Terrence Steele, which is uh, very, very nice to see. Um, okay, we'll move on from Lyle Terrence Steele since all you guys are chalk, all you guys are boring, whatever, blah, blah. Um, hopefully this inspires some debate. You mentioned it. I forgot who mentioned it. I think it was you, Tom. So we'll go to you first, Tom. Uh, Thursday night, the Arizona Cardinals, the undefeated Arizona Cardinals, will host the Green Bay Packers. You know, I know you, you guys all got a lot of stuff going on in your own lives. Think about Joe Buck's week, man. Joe Buck's got to call the World Series. He's got to go to Arizona. He's got to call Thursday Night Football. He's going to go from Houston to Arizona to Atlanta. I mean, he is just putting some serious miles on, on the old, you know, Southwest account or whatever. So, Tom, Thursday Night Football, when we get a break from baseball, Arizona Cardinals, Green Bay Packers, who do you want to see win for the benefit of the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, well, do you want me to come up with a skip or Stephen A. response? Because that seems to be what you're kind of trying to pull us for here. No, Tom. Just, okay. I'm just, you know, we all think the same, which is really nice and cool. And it's cool, <laughs> right? So go ahead. Uh, well, I, I, to me, I would prefer to see Green Bay win just to get the Cowboys a chance to be tied in the loss column with uh, the, the Cardinals. I don't think they're going to because we lost your internet time. Oh no. You can't hear me. Can anybody hear me? I can hear. I can you hear. Can hear me. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we lost RJ's internet. <laughs> we may have lost RJ, but continue your point. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was, I was going to say that I, I, I know that the Green Bay Packers are having a problem with COVID right now on their team. And the line has been moving uh, out in Vegas right now. So I think that the, the, the Cardinals are likely to win this one. But like I said, I would kind of like to see the Cardinals get a win or get a loss on the record. And that would give the Cowboys a chance to be challenging for that number one seed. And we just have to hope that Green Bay would pick up a loss or two somewhere down the road because uh, I don't know quite how it would shake out. Uh, I think that would give, unfortunately, Green Bay the tiebreaker for the number one seed. So, you know, but I still want – I still – it's it's neither one – a tie might be the best thing. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I, I really think that the best outcome for the Cowboys would be for the Packers to win. But it's just like by a hair in this case. Uh, so, first of all, apparently I was gone for a moment. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> glad to see everything still good. You know, uh, nothing's on fire. Uh, but, Tom. Seriously, ride the fence more, dude. You know, I mean, I, I just, I, I want to see a good football game between two yeah. good teams and, you know, whatever. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's necessarily going to be that way if the COVID problems keep cropping up for Green Bay. Uh, uh, so right now, that's why I think the Cardinals are going to win. I just, I think, you know, looking forward, I'd let, I'd want to see Green Bay win and then take our shot down the road to see if somebody else can overtake them and the Cowboys can keep winning. Dan, you wrote something this past week at the site um, that I certainly agree with about how the the top – look, we all want the buy, right? Like In a perfect world, the Cowboys get the buy. They're the one seed. The Cowboys have everything. They're awesome. You know, They have the perfect weather for all their games and everything. Uh, but the I think the, the, the wider goal, the more attainable goal, is to be one of the top three seeds because you don't, if you're the Cowboys or if you're anyone, want to see the loser of the NFC West in the wild card round. So what's your take here, Dan? Because you obviously fear the Cardinals to a certain degree. Because I think there's logic. I get what Tom is saying, but there's logic to saying, you know what? Let the Cardinals be the one seed. Just let them run away with it, right? And we'll, we're the Cowboys. We'll create our own bye. We'll win the NFC East by week 14, and we'll rest up. Maybe we even take that Cardinals game off, and we kind of influence things ourselves, and, and we let, you know, we, we kind of let the cards, no pun intended, fall where they may in that sense. Yeah, I mean, I really think that the first thing that you need to ask yourself before answering this question is, you know, would you rather attack for the one spot or – ensure you don't get the four and i mean the four is just terrible and uh, I, that's maybe, my priority number one is ensuring you're not the force i care more about that than i do the one seat personally right so i understand the the logic behind 
eh, let's let the Cardinals have this. And um, But I'm actually going to be rooting for Green Bay. And it's more so because uh, Green Bay's got a lot of difficult teams on their schedule. And Arizona, not so much. And Tampa Bay, especially not. So those teams are really, they have it easy. Uh, whereas the Packers, they got a, they got a lot of teams with winning records still on on their schedule. In fact, and even the Chiefs, which um, you know don't have a winning record, so I'm not worried about Green Bay getting their losses. So if they can pull off an upset, you know, let's uh, let's go for the the one spot, and and then you know just, but then make sure you know we definitely want to um, ensure ourselves we do not get that dreaded four spot. So I'll, I'll be rooting for uh, Green Bay Thursday. Hard to disagree with you, Dan. Um, it makes sense, especially. I also, I mean, I I know this is a weird take, but I love the 72 Dolphins. I love that they're the only team in NFL history that are undefeated. I never, ever want to see that toppled. So I'm always rooting for the last undefeated team to fall from that sense as well. Tony, Derek J's videos comes in and says, for the playoffs, I would rather go to Arizona and Green Bay. So I want Arizona to win. I'm going to switch the question up for you a little bit, Tony. Now, everyone who's watching this or maybe watching it after the fact, watching it live, maybe if you're listening to this, we do podcast the roundtables as well. You can listen to them on the Blog and the Voice podcast network. If you are listening to it on our podcast, the latest episode in your feed was an episode of the 750 with myself and the birthday boy, another Tony, another Tony C, actually, Tony Casillas. Something that Tony and I posited, Tony, uh, was a hypothetical. So I'll ask it to you, Tony, and I'm going to come to you, Dan and, and Tom, next. I don't think that you're out of the woods here. Hypothetically speaking, the Cowboys are the three seed in the NFC. Who do you want to be the top two seeds in what order? Who do you want to see as the one seed? Who do you want to see as the two seed? We're presuming that the loser of the NFC West is the four seed. But so how do you want to see that shake out, Tony? Because obviously that affects future rounds of the playoffs. You know, I, I we have a bad history in Green Bay. Um, and so I don't. So you're scared. Like wow. Embarrassing. I'm not actually, I was going to take your point and what you were saying about it uh, in a couple episodes ago is I'm okay with Arizona being one and I'm okay with Green Bay being two, because I think we're going to have to exercise our demons against Green Bay eventually at some point, like you said, with your dream scenario. And we go and we beat Green Bay to kind of get that monkey off our back. Um, so in my eyes, it's Arizona one, Green Bay two. I'm not, I'm not afraid to go to Arizona. I mean, I'm, I'm just not. I think Green Bay is a, an inevitable thing that we're going to have to you know, conquer at some point if we want to get to where we want to go. But as far as like, you know, those two teams, I kind of want to see, you know, I want to just answer your question. Yes, Arizona won Green Bay two, but I want to see Green Bay win this game specifically to knock Arizona down a peg because everything that Green Bay is going through. If they are to win this game, I think Arizona would be a little demoralized and understand that, like, wow, they were missing their top two receivers and all the things that Green Bay went through. I just want Arizona to be like, maybe we're not as real as we think we are. And then, I don't know, I'm just looking at it from a different perspective. The opposite end of that spectrum, Tony, is that Aaron Rodgers collects the final infinity stone of, I went to Arizona without Devontae Adams, without Alan Lazard. I beat them. I am that powerful, which is a terrifying reality to consider. Now, Tom, I agree with Tony, and that's what the other Tony and I said on the show, was ideal world is Arizona 1, Green Bay 2. But that's why I think if you're a Cowboys fan, you have to root for the Cardinals in this game because the Buccaneers in this dream hypothetical are the four seed. I don't think any of us see a reality where Dallas outwins against the Bucs and the Bucs have the tiebreaker over the Cowboys by virtue of being them in week one. So I think then, Tom, if, if that's what you want, and I'm curious what, what your you know dream one and two are in this hypothetical are. If, if that adjusts your thinking, if you really want Arizona and Green Bay to be the top two seeds with the Cowboys being three, I think you have to root for the Cardinals. Then. Yeah, but I don't want Green Bay to be one of the top two seeds. Oh, I don't want to have anything to do with going to Green Bay oh, so in you, January. You, you don't want the you don't want the like the the vindication. You, you don't want that. You just want to squash them when it's all done. Yeah, I I just don't want to have to go up to Green Bay and play mm. in the cold weather. I'd rather go face Tampa Bay or the Cardinals in their home. So you want that's who that's who you want to see as the one and two seeds, Tampa and Arizona. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be a better situation for the Cowboys uh, and actually for everybody. To, to press uh, on this, Tom, just a bit, I think because I agree with Tony, I think that the Buccaneers are a better team than the Packers, which is why I would like to see the Packers get the seed. But you're saying the the power of the narrative, the power of the 
you know, the juice of it all is maybe something that tilts things in favor of Green Bay potentially. No, I'm and, talking and so about you'd the, rather go to Tampa. I'm talking about the power of the frozen tundra. I don't want the cold. John Facenda game. has entered the chat. Respect. Yeah. I, I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna see the Cowboys go up and play in that mess. Uh I, I just I I don't like the Cowboys as a cold weather team with that much on the line. You want as much working for you as possible. That's just and that would not necessarily be the deciding factor. I just want to get as many things in the favorable column as you can. And the Cowboys are a warm weather or indoor team primarily. Um, okay, Dan, you have had some for the podcast audience. I haven't been able to see it, but the the YouTube audience has. You've had some physical reactions to Tom. You look like you're on SNL, you know, with all this stuff going on here. So, Tom or Dan, how do you feel? Do Do you think Tom's out of his mind? Is Tom a big old scaredy cat here and not wanted to go to Green Bay? Like, how do you feel? Well, you know, it's okay to be scared, but uh, um, is it, so a couple things. Speaking of being scared, I, I don't want to see Tom Brady in the playoffs ever at all ever <laughs> i mean so you know we he's pretty good in the playoffs we we know that so i just assume not have it be tampa bay i would i would love for it to be green bay i think it would be a great story you know i think it would give uh mccarthy a chance to get that affinity stone thingy whatever um i uh, Dan, don't act I, like you haven't seen the marvel movies don't no, don't, I, don't let's, do let's, let's not go there because you know i, I don't want to answer that um <laughs> but um I would love that. I mean, let's to get that whole Green Bay monkey off our back, and mm-hmm. and it would just be it'd be great for McCarthy to to beat Rodgers, and it'd be great for Cowboy fans. And I also think Green Bay is the inferior team of this group. So, I mean, I would love to see the Packers be uh, the number two spot. I agree. Uh, my dog's name is Bear, and so he hates the Packers. I mean, you know, it goes without saying. Uh, Tony, you also not in agreement though. Like you, you're not scared of the Packers. Are you you kind of want the challenge? I mean, I understand and I respect what Aaron Rodgers is as the team as a whole. I've se- I've seen them play incomplete games. I think we can score. I think we can go blow for blow with them. At the end of the day, um, we can score on the defense, and and eventually, to get where you want to go, you're going to have to beat good football teams. You're gonna you're gonna uh, you can't just keep kicking the can down the road. You're gonna eventually have to square up against some of these guys, and you're gonna have to punch them in the face. And if that's Aaron Rodgers, I mean, think about the the gauntlet of teams you're gonna have to face: Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, you know, Kyler Murray's playing out of his mind. So no matter who you're gonna play, you know, whatever. The, I mean, we have a type of team that we can we can go into a cold weather situation and, and pound the rock with our offensive line and our and our running back. So. Maybe I'm riding high, I'm drinking the blue Kool-Aid, but there really isn't a team I'm too afraid of. I mean, have they given us any indication this year through six games that we can't beat anybody in any situation? I don't think so, and I don't think anyone disagrees with that. But I I think it's interesting that none of you, and nobody in the comments at least either, um, in their hypothetical dream answer, Tom, said that you want to see the Rams as one of the top two seeds. Like, do, do you maybe view the Rams then as better than the Cardinals? Like, so you don't want to go see the Rams? What I'll posit to you, Tom, um, on, on a recent episode of Cowboys Cast on the Blog of the Boys Podcast Network, Bobby Belt had me on, and we kind of devised what would be the, the dream story arc for the Cowboys in the playoffs. Um, and we talked about a wild card win over the Rams because then you get your McCarthy versus Sean McVay you know what I mean? Like you kind of, you know, you beat the young hotshot guy. I think it would be appropriate for that game to happen in Los Angeles. I know it wouldn't if the Cowboys win the division, but I mean, J- Jerry Jones is the reason why that that stadium is in Los Angeles. So there would, you know, granted, the Super Bowl is there, so maybe that's your your you know kind of check of that box uh, to beat the Rams in the wild card round. To then in the divisional round, as I've outlined, as you mentioned, Tony, go to Green Bay, exercise those demons, defeat Aaron Rodgers with the head coach he ran out of town. And then in the NFC Championship game to go back to Tampa Bay. I know you're scared about that, Dan, but Dak Prescott told Tom Brady after the week one loss, we'll see you again. We'll be back here to, to kind of go do that. I mean, to, to run through that and then to get to the Super Bowl and be, I don't know, the Buffalo Bills for pure total 90s nostalgia, Tom. I mean, like, tell me that. Tell me you don't want to buy that DVD, Tom. Yeah, I, I to me, I think it would be a lot more fun if uh, the Rams pushed the Cardinals into the wild card. Uh, that would be really, I think, fun and would really kind of open things up. We're early enough in the season that the narratives are still a little bit premature. We don't, you know, 
Are the Cardinals really the best team? They got the best record. Are they really the best team? Answer That's- the question. Okay, what was the question again? Exactly. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying your question. Are the Cardinals the best team? Do you believe that they are? Are they the best team in the NFC? I am not sure. I kind of suspect that. I, I think say no. Best, I, my my outright answer is no. I, I mean, I know that a lot of people are gonna say this is a homer, but I think it's between the Cowboys and the Bucks. I. I don't think you're wrong, Tom. I mean, I, I mean, Dan, who's the best team in the NFC? That's really hard. I mean, I, I, I think it is. But, uh, the Rams are good. I mean, I'm, I'm almost as scared of the Rams as I am Arizona. So I guess my answer is Arizona. I mean, they did really lay it to the Rams. Um, so I mean, both teams are really good on both sides of the ball, and that's just really scares me. Um, I don't know. The only thing that I really care about is is if one of them's one and one of them's five, and we're somewhere in the two three, we only have to see one of them, and it will be in the NFC Championship. So, and I don't care who's one and who's two. Just uh, don't give me both. That's true. Um, you guys are you guys are all right. I mean, you guys are all wonderful and perfect human beings. If we're being totally honest, Tom, I interrupted you, so I'll I'll give you this one uh, first. What is one thing you were pleased about that you didn't think you would be at the beginning of the season? I've got to go with depth. I Mm -hmm. remember how the Cowboys just got torn up last year, and I felt good about the starting team, especially on offense. I felt there was going to be improvement on defense, but I thought they were really going to be kind of scrambling to make sure they had 11 good starters on defense. And uh, they kind of were going to depend on the offense staying healthy. And lo and behold, look at the people they have missed so far in getting to five and one. The depth has become a real strength of this team. And it started showing up so fast when, you know, you went in with, uh, you know, Neville Gallimore was out of the lineup. Mm. And, uh, you know, right off the bat, things started to kind of, look like that they actually were going to be able to line up and play with whoever was on the field with whatever they were bringing to the field that day. And that to me has been just remarkable. And yeah, Terrence still has been a big part of that since we talked a lot about him. He stepped up and showed that he was a much better player than he was last year. And that was what we were kind of hoping for, but not really believing it was going to happen. And here we are, you know, Michael Gallup goes down and well, first off, you've got, when you've got Amari Cooper and CD lamb still on the field, you're not in bad shape, but Cedric Wilson has done a pretty credible job coming in and giving them a few plays every week, including a game saving catch against uh, the Patriots. You know, he stepped up when they needed him to, uh, the, you know, you had Donovan Wilson out for so much of it. Who would have dreamed that they would manage to come up with a workable safety room uh, in his absence when they've had such bad safety play for so long? And it just on and on and on. They didn't even need Jalen Smith, as it turned out. You know, the depth just has really, to me, been something I did not see coming. And, yeah, I'm completely in the opposite camp on that where i was back in august well tom that answer is going to be hard top but tony dan i suppose you should try um so so, tony what is what is one thing you can't use toms what is one thing you are pleased about that you did not think you would be when the season started i'm just kind of pleased with the the resolve this team has kind of just the demeanor their you know their fight um i think we've all said it whether it be in our articles or in these roundtables that like there's been moments in games in this season where you're like, all right, an older team or, or a team in past would you know fold in this situation, or they wouldn't be able to overcome this. And, you know, look at how many times they've proven us wrong in six games. So I've just been super impressed with the, I just like the swagger this team has, you know, just, and it may come with, you know, that inner confidence or some of the free agent as, you know, pickups they've had and like J Ron curse, like they just play tough. They play aggressive. I'm just, I guess I'm more 
impressed or you know i didn't know what their fight would look like and i know that dak is their heart and soul of this team and i know that they kind of go as he goes but just to kind of see like you know the cowboy sideline audio mic'd up that we get to hear and just hearing jaron curse who's been there what two months like the, the guy has just been on the team and he just gathers the troops and says this is the you know we got to tighten up right now where was that before and, and he wasn't even on the team last year so i just love who they've become and I love kind of just how they've handled themselves and through adversities thus far this year. That's well said, Tony. There's kind of a, um, it's a bit of an oxymoron, but a, a bit of a vulnerable confidence for, with this team. And one of the, one of the best moments in, in the sounds from the sideline videos you're talking about was Anthony Brown of all people. It's maybe emblematic of, of the point, um, you know, on the sideline as the game was getting tense at man, if, if we can win this, you know, this will be a huge confidence boost. Like to say that out loud, you know, there, there's, there, there's a level of vulnerability to being able to say that, but also a level of confidence to kind of speak it into existence that way. So uh, very interesting. Dan, um, you got two t- tough contenders here. I mean, there's one that's better than the other for, for being honest, but I mean, two, two tough contenders. What are you pleased by? Has anyone said depth? Uh, Tom did, and then Tony kind of did. So, what about um, <laughs> what about resolve and resolve and demeanor? Tom also did, and then Tony did. So, uh, okay. Tom, Tom casted a really wide net that really kind of cheated and made this game difficult for everybody. Uh, but so, Dan, I know I know you're in a tough spot. Uh, but but what 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 makes your heart happy right now? You know, I'm going to choose something more specific, and I'm I'm really pleased with the Cowboys' ability to stop the run. And th- that way I can kind of credit a few different people. And obviously with the great job that Quinn's done, um, I mean, we were really terrible last year at stopping the run. Um, and, you know, and right now we're middle of the road and it's, uh, I mean, we're not great, but but we're we're pretty good. I mean, we're actually top five in rushing yards allowed, but that's just because teams don't choose to run us. But just on yards per attempt, we're right in the middle. And I mean, that was something that just really was terrible to watch last year. We just getting trucked you know every game and just it was it was just really bad so i'm just really happy with the play of our interior defensive line um the guys are doing a great job there and and the linebackers um and like tom said even without Jalen, you know um you know the i just think that the they've done a great job of of uh, correcting that huge deficiency that they had last year and i think that so many other things play off of that so that to me is one of the things that I'm really pleased about this season. That's a really good answer. And the only person who chose something specific. So extra credit to you in that capacity, Dan. Uh, I mean, they, they diagnosed a weakness. They attempted to fix it. They, they are not perfect. Nobody is, but they have what, what we've all said, some version of if this, if this defense can be just average, this defense can just do their job. I mean, the whole team will sing and that's exactly what's happening. Um, Tom, you had the best answer, but you did not ask me for our our (laughs) day. We haven't heard your answer and we want to know Tom is trying to win. Jay thinks. Uh, so, uh, my answer almost has nothing to do with the Cowboys, but, um, it is an answer nonetheless. So I obviously root for the Houston Astros, and so I'm excited for the World Series. But I also root for Manchester United, who got destroyed last week. And if anyone's not a soccer fan, uh, brief 101 on this. Manchester United has Cristiano Ronaldo back on their team. Their manager is a former player of theirs, Ali Gunnar Solskjaer, uh, who played with Cristiano Ronaldo when Ronaldo was you know, in his heyday originally with Manchester United kind of a, a reserve player had some great moments while Ronaldo was the superstar. And now I think the club is at a point where, you know, Ollie can't necessarily thrive as the manager. How, how can you thrive? You know I mean? How, how can you thrive when, when the guy who was the superstar in front of you is, is on your team now? I mean, to be fair, we do see, you know, Kellen Moore thrive despite the fact that he backed up Dak Prescott, you know, maybe that's a, an outlier sort of situation here. But I'm pleased by Mike McCarthy in that sense. Now, I don't want to disparage Jason Garrett. That's not the point behind my answer. Um, but I I do think there's something to the fact of Jason Garrett growing up in the organization and the Joneses seeing him as this, you know, maybe call it a kid, call it a young adult, call it a, a maturing person. Um, I think it's difficult to get over that. I mean, how many... How many changes have we seen instituted under Mike McCarthy? And I'm not saying like all changes are good, all changes were necessary, but McCarthy has been this person who has walked in with a resume 
and has one of my favorite things that McCarthy has done this year. And I know this is really small and insignificant was we talked about Terrence Steele, the, the first, the chargers game when Jerry Jones went on the radio, I want to fight through the fan and said, Terrence Steele is going to be starting the right tackle like 10 minutes later in his press conference. Mike McCarthy came out and said, yeah, we haven't made any decision yet. I could have never in my mind imagined Jason Garrett openly publicly countering something that Jerry Jones would have said like that. And so I, I think sometimes it, you just, you need that, that outsider to come in and I, and Mike McCarthy is an outsider in a lot of senses, but I'm, I'm pleased with that. I'm pleased that the, the results of that, this is the best version of those results. Does that make sense, Tom? Yeah. And I pulled out of you the answer. I was hoping one of the other guys would come up with. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I, cause I was, yeah, I, I, Mike McCarthy, I has, people are still just all over him about, the, the time management, the time clock management, management the, I totally the, agree. the man has changed the character of this team. He's like kept some of the good things that Garrett had and has brought in a bunch of other good stuff that works well with them. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a focus on that character on playing for each other still that Garrett tried to, to bring to the team, but McCarthy seems to have actually made it all work better. Uh, and I just, I don't, I still think he is getting less credit than he would if he was almost anywhere else. And part of that's just that Dallas spotlight and all that stuff. But yeah, thank you for coming up with that one, RJ. Uh, thank you, Tom, for the opportunity. Uh, <laughs> Dan, I mean, earlier today, I tweeted out some odds, uh, you know, for different things, coach of the year among them, the following coaches have better odds than Mike McCarthy for coach of the year. Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think that's shocking. Brandon Staley has obviously been, obviously been awesome for the chargers. Zach Taylor again, you know, no doubt about that. What he's done with the Bengals, Sean McVay. Um, Again, the Rams are great, but, you know, he's kind of arrived. Uh, obviously, Mike McCarthy's won a Super Bowl. Sean McDermott, whose Buffalo Bills have now lost two games. Mike McCarthy, Dan, has the same odds as Kevin Stefanski and Mike Vrabel. Do you feel like that's fair? Like, are, are Tom and I too far in the pro-McCarthy category here? Um, Yeah, I think maybe you're a little <laughs> bit too far. If you're asking me, which you are, um, I think it's fair. I mean, with coach of the year, it's usually, you know, coming off a bad season, having a good season. Like the year that yeah. Garrett won, won it, I mean, I didn't even think that was his best season as as coach. So, I mean, I don't know. To me, those things are kind of – they're not there, There's, to there's some fluky narrative involved. I totally agree with you. And, and generally, uh, like what I was stunned by was that Kevin Stefanski had, had the same odds. Generally, you know, coaches don't win it multiple times in in a handful of years span and so the, to have kevin stefanski the reigning winner have the same odds as mccarthy you know just you know it is what it is by the way really quickly dan dj dog points out uh we did have bob stern from the ticket the athletic on the blog and the boys podcast network last week talking all about mike mccarthy and how he you know people should give him his deuce you can go listen to that in the blog of the boys podcast network but dan carry on yeah i i think for for mccarthy to rise up that uh those odds i think you know he's really got a you know, cut out these, you know, these mistakes that are really people notice those things. And, and they're just kind of a little bit more, uh, you know, they just stand out. It's, you know, it's kind of like when Romo made mistakes, it was always on prime time or something. Mm. And, you know, and it just completely created this narrative that he was not as good as he really was. And right. so, I mean, so those it things exacerbated the, the point. I agree with you. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if, he, if the Cowboys continue to win, then, you know, it's he's going to keep building up his stock. And I mean, because really that's what it comes down to. I mean, if te- if, if you are, are, if your team is winning, you're, you're doing something right. And McCarthy does deserve credit. I mean, he's the glue that's holding this together. I mean, he's got a lot of great pieces. Don't get me wrong. A lot, a lot of pieces I love, but I mean, he's, he's still, you know, he's got everything together. And I mean, I, I'm McCarthy's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm okay with McCarthy. Uh, Tony, uh, as we wrap up here, uh, I mentioned the Cowboys and Vikings were both on their bye prior to their game in Minnesota last year. That game was the game right before when Mike McCarthy smashed watermelons and we heard about it and everything. Uh, do you anticipate anything like that happening? Do you want to go on record? Do you think he's doing it again? And we'll hear about that story. Like, could, could, you could totally see, you know, as, as Sunday Night Football is getting ready to kick off, Michelle Tafoya is doing her sideline hit and she, she talks about the story. She says, yeah, last night he smashed some pineapples. Like, you know, do you think we're getting anything like that, Tony, or is that all in the past? 
you know, I think he's got that in the bag somewhere down the road if they get into a little slump or a little sluggish. But right now, I think they're just so motivated and so uh, driven on what they got going on. And I think uh, a little bit with the quarterback, I don't think you need to smash a watermelon to get Dak Prescott ready to go. So I think that's the huge difference between this year and last year. But don't don't think that isn't in his bag somewhere for next uh, for later in the year. That's true. It could be like a smash glass in case of emergency sort of thing to rile people up. Um, that's funny. Um, okay, so uh, thank you, everybody, for joining our live roundtable. We will podcast this, as mentioned on the blog of The Voice Podcast Network, where you can hear all of these beautiful baritone voices. Tom Ryle is on Twitter at Tom Ryle BTB. Tony is on Twitter at Tony underscore Catalina thinks he's fancy with the underscore. It's difficult. You have to hit shift and find the right key. I don't like it whatsoever. Uh, Dan Rogers makes it nice and simple for you on Twitter at Danny Phantom 24. Shout out, of course, to Everson Walls. Follow Blog of the Boys on Twitter at Blog of the Boys. And most importantly, have a great day because that's what we want for you. Tom, the last word belongs to you. One single word. It better be great. If it's not, we're all going to be upset for the next week. So Tom Ryle, final word. Go. Wave. <laughs> Later, everybody. Plot 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.